All right. Hello, everybody. I'm back. I hope everyone had a good holiday weekend. I'm going to be putting out some more content this week. I'm going to roll right into it because we had a very interesting, long saga adventure of a weekend. The Women's World Cup game ended. They won. They're now champions for the fourth time in a row. And again, there's controversy about everything about this team, which is just great for business because it gives us something to talk about. So at the end of the match, uh, the fans were seen chanting uh, equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. Um, Again, this is something that's always blown out of proportion. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be paid better, but there's a split that the, the the casual fan doesn't understand because the women and all, both the women and the men's national team get paid by the U S soccer federation for for just friendly matches. And then if they win a world cup or play in a world cup, they get played by, uh, they get paid by rather by FIFA who then pays the United States soccer federation and then, in turn, the money gets distributed. So if you break down the actual pay that, that the women get, only a quarter of what they get paid comes from winning matches. The rest is basically all based on sponsorship and all based on merchandise sales and blah, 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 right? And there's a basically a big algorithm that calculates how much of an expense they uh, attribute that based on like travel and where they play and all that based on how much they bring back. Right. And if you do the math, basically you find out that the men's team, it's about like a like a 40. Uh, what is it? It's a it's like a 60 40 split between the men and the women, basically on everything that the United States Soccer Federation dishes out. Right. It's not 100 percent equal right down the middle, which is where their argument has validity. I believe that the United States women's national team should be paid equally to the men based on the United States Soccer Federation, meaning that the United States organization that pays them should split the money in half, if not pay the women more because the ratings, the jersey sales. I mean, like if Nike has validity, which I don't even know anymore because they've been so woke with this whole thing and it's it's actually gotten like sick and ESPN too, which I'll get to later, like, ESPN putting out Megan Rapio riding on a this is a true post. If you follow ESPN on Instagram, go ahead and look at this up. But she's riding a bald eagle. Right? Uh literally, it's Megan Rapino riding a bald eagle. And like they, they can't, they just they just can't. Like ESPN just can't stop with this. It's actually like sickening. Right? I don't I don't know how to even like justify anything they do anymore. ESPN is just garbage. But Anyway, what I will say is they have a valid argument in the fact that they don't get paid the same by the United States Soccer Federation. But the way that the FIFA organization is set up, which is how they get paid for all the World Cup and international friendlies that they do play, that is based on FIFA's rules, and that's a completely different union than the United States Soccer Federation's union. So when people want to say equal pay... Their thing isn't, they shouldn't be attacking the United States uh, as much as they should be attacking FIFA. Because FIFA has pretty much put rules in place that have openly discriminated against women's soccer. And that's FIFA's problem. 
And I understand that the split, the split isn't as heavy as everyone thinks it is in the United States based on the pay split between uh, women and men. In fact, it's actually gotten way shorter since 2015 after the women won the World Cup. And that's, again, people, you can look these stats up. I literally just did a Google search and found this out in a matter of minutes. But that's the thing. Nobody wants to do that. Everyone wants to hear what everybody says, but no one wants to actually listen. So if you were to take the bigger issue, which is the World Cup money, right? So as of as of this year, the total amount of winnings for the World Cup, right? So if you win the World Cup, there's a $30 million prize for the Women's World Cup. But the team only takes home about four million of that because by the end of all all the you know basically it's it's economics. You can't take home the full amount. You have to pay off things that you paid for and stuff. So the women take home about four million dollars. If you compare that to the 2018 men's World Cup, right? Their total amount of winnings. Let me just double check before I spew random trash in your face. Um. It was, I believe it was 400 million. There it was, yes. It was $400 million. And the champions, so they weren't even the United States, but the men's champions in 2018 took home $38 million from the poll. So again, people would be like, well, that's crazy. Why is it that this team only gets $4 million and the other team only gets $38 million? Well, this is, this is basic economics, everyone. Okay, they run a business, okay? And that means that, yes, people want to say and compare the ratings to, in the United States, right, the United the United States women's team had a greater viewership than the United States men's team in last year's World Cup final. Well, obviously, because the men didn't even qualify, and, and they're trash. They just lost to Mexico's B team yet uh, on Sunday. So they're trash. People in the United States don't want to watch them, but we do want to watch the women's team which they are the best team in women's soccer. So obviously we would watch them. But the difference is the ratings between that and the, you're just looking at United States people watching it. Okay, the rest of the world is obsessed with soccer. Okay, it's the way we're, they're obsessed with soccer the way we're obsessed with football. So everyone watches the, the World Cup in Europe, in China, in Russia, in all the major big countries way more than they would ever watch than anyone in the United States would watch it. So I'm talking about the men's, which is why they make more in revenue. In fact, so the $400 million purse for the actual like winning team in the championship, right? And they only take home 38, 38 million of that. Well, the in, in fact, in 2018, the entire men's World Cup was able to make a total of $6 billion in revenue. And if you compare that to 2015, when the United States women were playing in Canada, that entire tournament only made $73 million. So do you understand that's the difference? Is is It's not, this isn't about, about sex in the workplace or whatever. This is literally about economics and about entertainment because this is entertainment. This is an entertainment industry. People watch what they want to watch. I can't control that. No one on this earth can control that people like to watch men's soccer more than women's soccer. In the United States, that is different. We enjoy watching women's soccer more than like men's soccer. In fact, those are the ratings, and the ratings are consistent with that. But we have to get out of our own bubble. Okay, so like I said, the argument of them get not getting paid the same as men at the men's not, uh, national soccer team because of the quality of the product we see on the field every time, 
That is a valid argument, and I would support them getting paid the same in the United States when they play United States games. But when FIFA controls the money, we can't control that. That's FIFA's doing, and that's FIFA's union. And that their reps would have to go argue with FIFA is why they're not getting paid as much. But if you actually do the math, right? So you would say, well, they're still making $38 million when they win the World Cup. Yeah, out of a $400 million purse. Well, if you do that money, if you do the math money, right? And I said before, the women had a $30 million purse. They won $4 million. That's 13% of the, of the total take-home, right, is what they took home. The men only took home 9% of the total take-home in 2018. So actually, the women are taking home more money if you actually do the math. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not more money, but they're taking home a bigger percentage cut of the money. It's, it, so they're, obviously, FIFA's, try, like, I'm not saying what they're doing is 100% right, right? But they are taking home a larger percentage of the cut than the men are. Obviously, the, 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 the fee, uh, the actual money value is different. But that's because, like I said, it's a business. People in the world watch men's soccer. People in America watch women's soccer. But here's the kicker. Where are we the rest of the four years? Does anyone watch women's soccer outside of the World Cup? Studies and statistics would say no. In fact, we have nine uh, U.S. women's teams uh, for uh, in the U.S. Uh, what is it? The national women's soccer teams. There's two. They're in the league. There's nine teams in the league, and only two of those teams generate more than five thousand fans per uh, game. I think it's the Portland. The the girls the girls Portland team and another team somewhere else I can't remember only they generate more than five thousand fans per game so the rest of them don't so this is what happens and this is what everyone in America is getting suckered and they're all hypocrites because we'll go out and ESPN will go out and all the major media networks will go out and they'll go to bat and they'll Nike will talk about oh we love you and then they don't give two shits about them when they're not playing listen. The only time you're going to hear about the Women's World Cup team is the next Olympics. And then when that's over with, it'll be all the way until uh, 2020, what is it, 24, when the next World, Women's World Cup is. Or 23, I'm sorry. It'll be 2023 when the next uh, Women's World Cup is. And that'll be the last time anybody cares about it. I'm telling it's not me. If, if I, listen, in a perfect world, I would like to have everyone get paid the same. But that's not how it works. That's not how economics work. Do you understand? It's a business. And if you can sit there and argue with me that the women are the, are the ones who bring home the bacon based off of the United States Soccer Federation, then yes, they deserve a higher percentage. And that should be dealt with by their union inside the United States Soccer Federation. But you can't go to bat and tell me with the numbers based on what FIFA puts out that they take home the larger money in the actual World Cup because they obviously don't because nobody else watches it. Because this is all based on the product on the field, okay? Listen, and, and no one wants to talk about this either, but the Women's World Cup team, as great as they are, they lost to a 15 and under FC Dallas team, okay? That means that they're not even good enough to beat 15-year-old 15, 15 boys at soccer. That's just facts. I'm not trying to make them sound lesser or worse, for, for worse off for, for doing what they're doing. But what I am saying is they, obviously, people want to watch the best product, which is why we watch the best sports out there. 
which is why all these women's teams and organizations have a hard time competing with men. It's just the way it is. Right? I, ha- I already did my piece on the women, uh, on the WNBA and how they're tied directly to the NBA and how the NBA gives them money to survive. If it wasn't for the NBA, they would fail. And this is the scene throughout the whole league. Women's hockey is the same way. It, they're just there just isn't a niche for it. Hockey has a small market already. It doesn't make that much revenue compared to the NBA or the NFL. So it's not going to work. A women's hockey league isn't going to work because people already have to divide their time and they're already hesitant about watching regular hockey. Do you understand? It has nothing to do with equal pay because in a business, there is no such thing as equal pay. It's I'm the person who owns the league. I pay off how much I want because I'm in the business of making money. And and that's what nobody understands. This isn't a utopian society. This is a business. People need to make money, and they distribute that money based on how they can continue to make money, not to make everybody feel good. And until we wake up from that little facade, we're just going to keep living in this world where nothing makes sense. But again, people don't understand the full picture of this whole soccer debate, which which is just nuts to me. It's never been about equal pay, okay, because you can't have it in soccer. Like I said, the only way they can have equal pay is based on the U.S. Soccer Federation's union, and that's just on United States money. It has nothing to do with World Cup. The World Cup is run by FIFA, and that's a whole nother animal that nobody wants to talk about. Everyone thinks the money just flows in one place, but it doesn't. FIFA dictates how much money they give the United States Soccer Federation, and then they have to split that based on revenue and all sorts of algorithms. This is open source information. You can Google it and find it out. It took me 10 seconds to find this out, and I'm just relaying it so that everybody knows the big picture here. I want everyone to be paid for what they do and how, how it works out. But obviously in the United States, there's an argument for the women to be paid more. But outside of that, in the World Cup realm, they don't have an argument. They have zero. No, they have nothing to stand on. Because, like I said before, the Men's World Cup brings in $6 billion. The United, uh, the Women's World Cup brought in $73 million, and that was in 2015. So we'll see how the numbers went up this year. But do you see how that's, do you see how that is, is, is a problem? If, you, I have, if I had $6 billion to give to all the men's teams, I only have $73 million to give to all the women's teams, where am I going to get the money to pay them? I can't. I can't give every team $38 million for winning. That's just impossible when I only have 73 to start with. It's a business. And here's the thing. If you want to tell me and you're like, well, take some of that money that the men want and give it to the women, then you have just absolutely destroyed your own argument because you're doing the same thing that the WNBA would be doing, and that is using a men's league to help a women's league survive, which is the exact most like hypocritical thing any women who wants to preach about like you know equal pay would be doing being self-reliance on a men's league self-reliance on a men's league to support your entire franchise which is so ridiculous that you would be okay with that but then argue for equal pay that's not how it works stand on your own two feet if you can't you don't make it that's show business baby like (laughs) sorry it's just the way it is. I don't I don't ever want to have to be the bearer of bad news to anybody, but that's just the way it is. This is economics. I'm not in the business of being the woke media guy and telling everyone is a plucky little chance to survive. No, this is a business. It's it's m- about making money. And this is another thing. Everyone wants to talk about how the ratings were higher on television, which they were. 
for the Women's World Cup than the Men's World Cup. So out of this last thing, the, the ratings were a 10. So I, I don't really know how that whole rating system works, but they got it. The Women's World Cup received a 10. As an example of what is good, the Super Bowl got a 34 or 35 or something like that. I don't remember the exact stat. But anyway, you can see the difference, right? Which you would go, okay, that's still pretty good if the Super Bowl got a 35 and the women's team got a 10, right? Well, let me put that in perspective to you. The season finale of The Big Bang Theory, which I guess was one of the longest-running television series that everyone loved, right, got an 18. So that he couldn't even beat The Big Bang Theory. Do you understand? This is why it disappears every four years. Nobody gives a shit about women's soccer after, and that's terrible to say, but that's but I'm I'm not spewing anything that nobody else already knows. That's just what happens. That's exactly what happens when it just it just fades away. We all we all band together and say, man, look at these women go. And then all of a sudden it just fades away. Like Thanos snapped his fingers and we all stop caring about it until the next World Cup. Because if, it, if we did care about it, there wouldn't be a consistent argument about them getting equal pay, and there wouldn't be this argument that they don't get the support and love that they deserve, which I totally understand they should. In the United States, if they make most of the money in the entire United States Soccer Federation's revenue, then they should be sharing in that and get what they deserve. That's capitalism. I'm never going to argue for capitalism. If you bring home more bacon than somebody else, you deserve a bigger chunk. But at the same amount of time, they don't bring home bigger bacon when it comes to the world stage. And that's just math and economics. So you're arguing with something that makes zero sense. But at any rate, that's what I wanted to clear up. I want everyone to know that I'm not taking anything away from the women. They had a great tournament. It was, it was great to see them win. And they are the best team. But they were supposed to win. They're the best team. But anyway... Moving on to some other things that happened over the weekend. Obviously, the Kawhi move to the Clippers uh, with Paul George going there as well. I think that was great for the NBA. You get to see uh, now two gr like pretty great teams in L.A. And I think it'll be fun to watch this year, just just have them battle. I thought if Kawhi went to the Lakers, it would just have been horrible for like the league. Now there's a lot more separation of power in the NBA than there's been in a while. We're going to see a lot of good teams in the West, a lot of decent teams, some more powerful teams than others in the East. And we're going to have some good basketball to watch, I think, in the upcoming season. I'm really excited for this whole, like, there's like a battle in L.A. now. And I think L.A., the Clippers, that is, they have probably the best defensive team in the league if you just look at their roster right now. Paul George is like probably one of the best two-way players in the sport. Kawhi, same for him. And Patrick Beverly, I think he's probably one of the top five best defensive players in the league. So you have those three guys on your starting roster. They're going to be really hard to play against, extremely hard to play against. And Kawhi's been one of those guys who's been consistently able to guard LeBron in his career. Uh, I, I just, I like that move a lot. Uh, again, I'm not a fan of how these teams like collude. I, I think the NBA just needs to come out and say collusion is allowed because, but on the other hand, then they fine, you know, Doc Rivers for, you know, what he said on ESPN on first take or whatever with, uh, um, you know, talking about Kawhi is like the greatest player in the league right now or blah, blah, blah. And they viewed that as him trying to tamper. It, it's, it's just bullshit. Just, just, just come out and say, that you're allowed to like tampering is fine because these players all do it right. Kawhi told the Clippers, listen, I'm not coming to you unless you have somebody who I want to play with. 
So what did the Clippers do? They went out and they traded for Paul George. They did exactly what they need to do to get the best player available besides Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant's not going to play next year, so that's null and void. But honestly, if Kevin, or if, not Kevin Durant, if Kawhi Leonard goes there and he wins another championship, okay, we're putting him in the same status as uh, a LeBron James, as a Michael Jordan. Because, listen, the guy's now one, two. If he wins a third one with another team, right, and, and we're in a, in a roster where there's not, like, overwhelmed with talent. Okay, Toronto was a really good team, and I think if they were a healthy Golden State team, they don't win that cha- that championship. But he won. And if you give him another you give him another way to win, he's going to have, if he wins with the Clippers, that's three, and now he's won at three different places on three different teams, right? That That's that's pretty legendary status. We're, we're putting him up there in those in the one of those, you know, all-time greats lists. And I think... Just the separation of power across the the NBA is is going well. I think it's pretty wild that the the Thunder are openly shopping Westbrook. I read a report earlier that I guess Milwaukee was interested in him. I don't know how true that is. I didn't really look into the validity of that, but I don't like him going there. I don't know. I'm just not a big Westbrook guy. He just is really hard to play with. And it's shown everywhere he's gone. I mean, look, look, you have Paul, you have Paul George, who was one of the top in scoring in the league this year, and he hated playing with Westbrook. It, it was just, just he's just a cancer. He's just hard to play with. He's just, he's, it's just, he's just the way he is. He's abrasive. He's like sandpaper. Anyway, uh, some other news. I'm trying to just do some round robin stuff to just kind of patch up everything that I kind of missed or left out. Um, if you don't know who Bob Mennery is, he is a Instagram, I guess, I'm trying to think, an Instagram personality, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but he commentates and like does like, uh, you know, like, like commentates on sports. He does voiceovers over like play by play announcing on sports. It's just, it's just a parody account, but it's really funny and he's really good at it. And um, he used to do it for the PGA Tour because he actually is a is a big golfer and a big golf fan. And they were really funny, and they made the golf, um, like the little snippets of the PGA Tours that he did voice over and do things about, hilariously funny. Well, the PGA came out and banned him from doing any more commentating over their videos. Which, why does the PGA continually just try to destroy their names all the time. Listen, there Bob Menery has like thousands of followers on Instagram. He does these voiceovers for lots of videos, but particularly he's been doing a lot of golf videos because he actually enjoys the sport. So if you have a young guy like Bob Menery, I think he's under 30, and you and you have a bunch of young people who follow Bob Menery on Instagram, and he free just does free commentary of your sport and gives you free publicity to thousands and thousands of young viewers who golf is consistently lacking young viewers to watch their sport because the millennial generation is giving up on golf because there's not a big you know golf ratings are are down and you have a man here who's willing to give you ratings for free and try to draw more attention to the sport and what do you tell him to do you tell him to stop and go pound salt how stupid can the PGA tour actually be 
This man is literally giving you free publicity and trying to grit the sport back in any way, shape, or form, even though it might be not as tasteful to like you know these these country club assholes. But it doesn't matter. He's giving you free publicity, and you have just literally shit on him for doing so, which is absolutely ridiculous. This is why golf will fail. They don't want to buy into the, the have fun mentality, which I understand I'm not a big proponent of, oh, everyone's just having fun. But golf is a sport where you want people, who the young generation to get on board, will first start by making fun of it a little bit. Start by getting people to laugh at it. And then maybe you'll get people to actually want to watch. But no, what are they, they just shot themselves in the foot. And now he's they sparked this whole war between him and, and Bob Menery, who Bob Menery is like taking off. Not only is he on Instagram all the time. He's on Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. He does the voiceover for the Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. Right? People want him to commentate all sorts of stuff. He's he's just blew up. So the fact that golf wants to do that, they're idiots. They are absolute morons. They just lost publicity. They lost Bob Menery as a as a fan probably and and he's one of their biggest supporters. He goes to like the events and gets on the tour. Like they're just they're ruining they're ruining themselves for this whole debacle. It's it's just it's just terrible and you just hate to see it. But again, classic PGA tour stuff. They can't they can't get on board with the new generation. Everything has to be old school, old ways, old, you know, crank like cranky, cantankerous old men in my country club. Stop with your hip young lingo. This is golf. It's never changing. Like that's just the way they are. And like it's like when Young Tiger was out there fist pumping and everyone gave him shit for that, right? Like it's just the same way. Golf is just stuck in its ways, and that's why it's dying. Okay, it's the same reason why baseball is dying, right? Baseball tries to do all these crazy things to get fans involved, and they all fail miserably. And instead of just actually doing logical things, and golf has done nothing to try to get fans involved. They've done absolutely nothing. They just they just don't care. It's it's. My way or the highway, you'll watch it or you won't. And guess what, golf? We're not watching. So, I don't know. Maybe figure it out. Figure it out before golf gets wiped off the face of the planet. Because the, you're you're losing fans based on a stupid, like, Instagram war with a Instagram celebrity who actually enjoys golf. So, it, it's just dumb. They, they don't, they have no idea what they're doing. And it's actually hysterical to watch. And I'm ready to watch it blow up in their faces. Anyway, so uh, we have the All-Star game tonight. Um, again, that's a sham. I, I hate all All-Star games. They're just stupid. Uh, the only thing that's interesting is the winner of, you know, AL or NL actually gets the home field um, advantage for, you know, the the, the World um, the World Series. Jeez, can't even think right now. But yeah, so that's the only interesting thing that I guess even remotely matters about this game. Uh, you got some interesting folks. The home run derby was yesterday, and there was like a record 91 home runs hit by that one guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm not a huge baseball fan. It's, it's honestly hard to watch, and there's a whole bunch of craziness going on with baseball because they're talking about how the league switched the balls and they're wound super tight now, so the home runs are up, and people are like, well, the numbers are inflated on the home run derby because they thought the balls were juiced, meaning they were more tightly wound and able to leave the park better. I don't know. Baseball is kind of in shambles right now. They, they have a lot of things to work on to get people 
more interested in the sport. The big thing, I think, and I'll just touch on this because I'm running out of time here, but the big thing is that people know when a strike is a strike and when it's not, right? Because of the VR thing. And now you consistently have people being like, oh, the old umps will tell you it's not a strike when the video shows me it's a strike. I think that's ridiculous and that needs to be fixed 100%. We need to be able to get the calls right without an old man who can't see, you know, make the call. So whatever. I'll kind of touch into more stuff as we go on. Again, I'm going to continue to do more stuff this week, probably dive back into the NFL stuff because I kind of left you guys out um, on the loop on that one. Again, I want to thank everyone who's been following the podcast. I'm up over almost 350 total views on all my stuff, which is incredible because I think about I only start this about maybe three or four months ago. So thank you guys so much for supporting. Please share the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at the rant with Eli. Follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli. Email me at the rant Eli at gmail.com. Again, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Please keep sharing. Uh, email me, DM me, do whatever you want. If you want me to do something partic- uh, specific for you, in particular for you, uh, and I will do that. Again, Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I'm going to continue to put out some more stuff this week, and hopefully um, there'll be some more interesting news that I can talk about. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you when I speak.